Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. A couple of years ago, we had a time when I asked for a number of questions that you might want to have addressed in a certain kind of public fashion, whether in the morning or Sunday night. And uh, I, I want to make sure that you always have that availability. If there's any Bible question, anything that you want to be addressed, I would love to have that. One of those that came up that I did not uh, take care of at that time, but I thought today is a great day for us to emphasize and to think about families because of uh, Brandon and Kelsey being here today. And so um, I, I think it would be good for us to spend some time and answer a couple of questions that came up back then. One of the questions was this, how can I heal my family? Another question was, is my husband watching over me and seeing the difficulties that I have been through? Tonight I want us to think about and have together one of our congregational Bible studies. And as we talk together about what is on the other side, and we think about are those people watching us and are they involved with us? And so tonight we'll answer that question. But this morning, how can I heal my family? It's a question that probably comes up in a lot of situations that the depth of which is more than simply we're going through some tough times financially, physically, health-wise. Those aren't the things that really come up when I hear the question, how can I heal my family? What I hear is we're broken there is a disconnect. There is something wrong because we are not in relationship the way that we need to be. And it very well probably has reference to some in our family are not connected to the Lord. We're not all on the same page as believers we don't all have the same faith and the same commitment to the Lord. How can I heal my family? I want you to, today to think with me about how to heal a family by watching Jesus. To do that, let's first recognize that if your family is in trouble... If your family's having difficulty, if, if you're not related well with each other and with the Lord in a spiritual way, you're not the only one. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. In fact, the Bible portrays so many families that needed to be healed. Just think about the families of Jacob and Esau. 
Boy, there's a family that needed to be healed because all four of them had a problem. They were all in a troubled relationship because mom favored this son and dad favored this son. And in the process of time, mom helped her favorite son trick her own husband into giving the birthright to this son, not the older one, as should have been the case. And Jacob and Esau spent years and years and years apart from each other because of the relationships in that family that were broken. Oh, and they needed to be healed. How about Joseph and all of his brothers? Well, there's a family that needed to be healed. Every one of those brothers had a problem. They didn't like Joseph. But maybe the father was involved in creating that situation. Maybe he was more specially attentive to Joseph than he was to the other sons, and they noticed it. And it was all they could take when the father gave him a brand new coat. And then to add insult to injury, this young brother started having visions from the Lord that indicated that all of them would bow down to him one day. Oh, they didn't like that. And after throwing him in a pit, they pulled him out and sold him into slavery. It's a family that needed to be healed. How about King David? Oh, his family needed to be healed because two of his own sons tried to steal his kingdom from him. One of them in 1 Samuel 25, the Bible says that he tried to steal the hearts of the people of God so that he could be king and he could kick his father out. We learn about a man whose name was Nabal. When David was running from Saul, Nabal was, as Scripture said, he was a scourge of a man. He was a scoundrel. And while he didn't want to help David with any food and sustenance, his wife, Abigail, did in fact run and do that. That relationship between that husband and wife needed to be healed. We come to the New Testament and we find the story of the man whom we know had a prodigal son. Just for your thoughts, we often call that the prodigal, the parable of the prodigal. I'm not sure it was a parable. In that same chapter of Luke 15, the Bible says that Jesus told a parable. He told a parable about a coin that was lost and a sheep that was lost. And then he says, and a certain man had two sons. 
I'm not sure it was a parable. I think it might have been a real family that Jesus knew that needed to be healed because one son just said, I'm leaving, give me my inheritance. And the other son harbored anger in his heart because his brother was off doing stuff that I think silently he wished he were doing. And when the young son returned, the older son was angry that he was being treated well. Boy, there's a family that needed to be healed. Not all of them were. Some of them were healed. Today, your family can be healed. If you're struggling with relationships, if you're struggling that not everyone is together in commitment to the Lord and a faith in things that are good and right, there is hope. You can be healed. Let's listen. Let's see how Jesus healed his family. They needed to be. They needed to be healed. In Mark chapter 6, the statement is made, Jesus made an interesting statement. A prophet is not without honor except among his own relatives. What? Jesus realized that people were not honoring him because they did not accept who he was. And that statement that we've referred to many times... That a man is not without honor, a prophet is not without honor, except among his own relatives in his own hometown. Jesus was saying that his family did not honor him. Does it help? I think it can. Does it help to know that when your family doesn't honor you, when they don't appreciate you, well, I don't show you the respect that you need, and certainly as it relates to God, the respect that he deserves. Does it help to know that Jesus had the same problem with his own family? In John chapter 7, we find out why they did not honor him. The Bible says that his brothers did not believe him. I have to tell you, I think I understand it from a human standpoint. If my human brother told me that he was the son of God come to this earth, I think I would have a problem. I think I'd have a hard time buying into that. I mean, after all, we shared a house. We did all kinds of things together. How can he be the son of God? I get it. But they didn't honor him because they didn't believe who he was. Finally, think about this. In the scene of Jesus being crucified, we don't see or hear about his brothers and his sisters. 
we only hear about his mother. Were they not there? Did they not come to support? I mean, even if they didn't believe that he was the son of God, do you think that a brother should still go and be there and support some kind and emotionally their own brother going through such a terrible ordeal? Is that why Jesus had to look down from the cross to see his mother standing there and say to John, will you take care of her? Where were his brothers? Where were his sisters that he had to leave his mother to someone else? Oh, Jesus' family needed to be healed. Notice, if you will, in John chapter 7. Did that microphone just go out? Nope, we're back up. Maybe we have some ideas here how it is that Jesus healed his family. If you want to open to John chapter 7, we're going to look and see some principles that I hope that you can incorporate in your life, that we can all incorporate in our lives. And if we do so, I think we'll be able to help heal our families we're not always going to be successful. We're not always be able to do it and fix it in a way that we would want it to be. But there are some principles that we can use to, to heal or to begin the healing process of our families. John chapter 7. Jesus went up to a feast. He went up to one of the Jewish feasts because it was the thing that they did every year. There were three of them that they went to every year. Notice verse 10, that his brothers were there also. Jesus came up, verse 10, but he came in secret. Now his brothers were at this event. They were there when everything was going on. And the complaining started down in verse number 12. The complaining started among the Jews and the Jewish leaders. Notice, some said he's good. Others said, oh no, he is deceiving people. No one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Am I to conclude that his brothers at this feast refused to speak of him because they were afraid of the Jews? That seems to be the indication. They did not believe in him. They did not honor him. They were at this feast. What did Jesus do that gives us some indications how we can heal our families? The first one is verse 14. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. If you want to heal your family... The first thing that has to be is an allegiance to the teaching of God's Word. You can't go anywhere else to start. The Bible must be supreme. 
If you're going to heal your family, you have to stand with the Bible. You have to stand on the Bible. You have to stand beside the Bible. You have to drink deeply of the Bible. The Bible has to be the centerpiece of everything that you teach. Sure, there is help from counselors. Yes, there is help from friends. Sure, you can go online and look for information. But you have to center everything in the Bible. If you're going to heal your family today, your family better know that no matter what's coming, no matter what is coming in the future, no matter how you think right now, we stand, I stand on the Bible. And whatever I'm going to say, whatever interaction we are going to have, always know that I'm going to stand on the Bible. That's the only way to give spiritual counsel. And if someone comes to you that's not family, if someone comes to you as family, make sure that they know beyond shadow of doubt that you're going to stand on the Word of God. Because if I can't stand on the Word of God, I have nothing on which to Stand. Continue on. Verse 16. Jesus said, this doctrine is not mine, but it is his. I don't speak on my own authority. I speak from him. Verse 18. I'm seeking the glory of him. But notice verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you. A second thing to heal your family, you can't be afraid to tell the truth, even if it hurts. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be mean in the saying of it. I'm not saying that we need to be people who are willing to just cut and slash and dice. But Jesus was willing to stand and to say, you need to be rebuked. You need to be rebuked. This is not right. Can you stand on the Word of God? Can you give glory to God and make sure that everybody knows that I'm going to follow God regardless of what you want? And third, are you willing to rebuke if necessary? Anybody needing healing spiritually needs to know that it just might be the case that I need to be told something that hurts. And if you're truly going to be healed, no matter how it might hurt. Or look at verse. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. 
Jesus called everybody to a standard. And in this standard, we are going to follow constantly, continuously, not judging from outward appearance. I'm not going to have my own impressions, my own ideas, my own opinions. I'm going to judge righteous judgment. Sure, we stand on the Word of God. Yes, we call people to honor God. Yes, we have to rebuke when necessary. And part of that is to say, all right, here is the judgment. Here is how to make it. Here is where you begin. Far from teaching we should never judge Jesus, in fact, commanded that we do. But it needs to be righteous judgment. Look at verses 25 and 26. Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know that whether, where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Stand fully and firmly on who you are. We don't know who you are. How can you be the Son of God? And Jesus stood firmly and said, I am. This is me. Accept it or not. I know where I came from, and he honors me, and I honor him. You have a faith. Your faith is grounded in Scripture. Your faith is grounded in Jesus. You stand there. There's going to be a temptation. In order to make a family whole, there's going to be temptation from time to time to pull away from the firm faith that you have because it hurts your family where you stand. But can you stand on your faith? Can you stay there no matter where they are? Jesus laid out the principles by which we can heal our families. We need to be people of the Word who give glory to God, who rebuke when necessary, who follow a certain standard of judgment not based on appearance, and who stand four square on our faith, not wavering, not changing, not appeasing someone to make things look better. We stand where we are. The end of the story is great. After Jesus was resurrected, after Jesus was resurrected, we find a list of 120 disciples that were in a room being together because they were Among that number, 
was the family of Jesus. Later, one of the pillars in the church in Jerusalem was his brother James, who wrote one of the most practical books of Scripture, the book of James. Jesus was able to heal his family. Understand one more principle. He did not withdraw from them. Jesus did not practice, I don't ever want to have anything to do with you. I want to stay away from you. I don't want to talk to you. He was in their presence whenever they wanted to be. He stood firm on who he was. That's how you begin to heal your family. Today, if your family's hurting, if there's some spiritual disconnect, Jesus went through it too. And he is absolutely willing to help you go through it now. With the help of Scripture, with the help of the church, we can help to heal your family. There's always hope. Never give up. Just keep working and just keep trying. Maybe your life needs to be healed. Maybe your life is not where it needs to be. Jesus is the great physician. And he offers healing to you today. Healing for sin and immersion in baptism in water healing from sin, confessing as a child of God to be forgiven, healing from brethren who will pray for you today as we stand and sing together. Sunday. Welcome 
a sister in Christ. We're glad to have her here and to be a part and to uh, get to learn. I'm telling you, having spent time with her and Wayne both, they are Bible students and they want to be Bible students. And I appreciate that. So I highly recommend. Now, I can't leave without fixing my earlier problem. Zechariah 12, verse 10. Listen to these words. I will pour on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. First and last letters, whom? Then listen to Revelation chapter 1. Verse 7, Behold, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see Him, even they who pierced Him. I am Alpha and Omega. First and last in the old, first and last in the new, the one pierced, the one pierced, Jesus Christ. The Bible, you can trust, it presents evidence that God is who He says He is. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.